Need your Minnesota United soccer fix? We've got it for you here. It's Loon Talk on Score North. Welcome in, Loons fans, to another week here on Loon Talk. I'm Jonathan Harrison, joined alongside Dan Terrar. Dan, how are you doing today, sir? Excellent, excellent, wonderful day. Can't wait to talk some soccer. Yeah, started off stormy, but then got hot, and just as we expected, it's a Minnesota day with all all of the weathers. Um, quickly going through some house cleaning here. You are listening mm-hmm. to Loon Talk, obviously. Uh, you can find it anywhere you find your podcast. Do give us a rating, a review, and a subscription. You can also watch us talk soccer over on Score North's YouTube channel. Uh, do give us a rating and a review over there. It does help us get found. Helps us get boosted up. Um, so further on into the podcast, we've got plenty to talk about here today, Dan. Let's jump right into the not-so-friendliest rivalry in MLS anymore. Uh, Minnesota United Sporting Kansas City, nil-nil draw, and man, was that a physical, physical game on Saturday. I never really understood why they called it the friendliest rivalry. Midwest niceties, I guess, is what they were playing off of. I guess so. I guess if you look back at it, this is really the first time where it's felt like that this was actually a really physical match, and this actually felt like a real rivalry. And and probably has something to do with the fact of the importance, the magnitude of the match. Yeah. You know, rivalries are usually made in the playoffs. That's yep. where teams get that because because of the intensity level is ramped up. And so maybe that was it. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, there was uh, it was men only out there on uh, Saturday. <laughs> Absolutely. And Emmanuel Reynoso took quite the beating. And we'll get to yeah. him more as I'm adjusting my mic settings here. We'll get to him more on later on in the show, um, but let's kind of go through this match uh, from the beginning to the end. Sporting Kansas City really came out aggressive, as we mentioned, attacking. They really controlled the first 15 minutes of the match, and then just like on Tuesday, for the second game in a row, Minnesota United given a gift as Remy Voltaire goes into Emmanuel Reynoso super high up, gets him right in the groin area, and gets an immediate red card, deserved red card with how the with how the game is officiated today. Although Peter Vermees, the Sporting Kansas City coach, saw everything very differently because I don't know what game <laughs> he was watching. But from our viewpoint, from everybody else's viewpoint who was watching that game, it was a deserved red card and Minnesota given a man up, man advantage for 70 minutes. Yeah, and, and and watching the replay of it many times because there's always time before they make the official call. <laughs> it it seemed like it had to be that call. I mean, because if yeah. you let if you let that go, well, then what, <laughs> the game's going to get really dangerous. Um, Absolutely, and and yeah, such a big part of the last two red cards that uh, Minnesota's opponent have received are the it's the it's the cleats, it's the spikes up, you know, and yeah. that's that's what tears up knees and shins and ankles and so yeah so here we go we've got a uh, we've got a man advantage again for a long amount of time and I don't know what your thought pattern was when that happened mine was like oh no oh no we're gonna I was oh, I was cautiously up yeah I was cautiously optimistic because they had faced it once before already this week so they had that process in their minds of how to break possibly break it down mm-hmm. if they could and you know, Sporting Kansas City, they're a little bit more defensively organized than San Jose is. They bunkered down and let Minnesota yeah. press them and let Minnesota control the rest, control the match pretty much from there on out. And Minnesota did. They had clear chances, Minnesota, um, but they were unable to convert. And that's the big storyline coming out of this one. Um, it's becoming a problem that they can't finish these chances. First, it was that they weren't able to get accurate, dangerous chances. Now it's they can't convert on the accurate, dangerous chances they're created. Uh, they 
it's a broken record at this point in saying that eventually the goals will come, but even so... the national pundits who usually rag on the loons are saying the same <laughs> thing. I mean, the loons are getting into dangerous areas. They're just for two weeks in a row at home. They've been stuffed by really good goalkeeper performances. So you say we're getting better. I, that's okay, where wait, I am leaning wait, towards. Yes. Follow me now. Now, right up until right this moment, a light went off because I was thinking, oh man, I'm, I'm done being optimistic about the goal scoring. But then when you said something, you said triggered this in me. It's like, okay, first four matches, they couldn't mm-hmm. get a win, but right. they were getting shots. Yeah. Then they started winning and tying and they were getting a ton of shots, but they were yeah. way wide. There's nothing on goal. You know, mm-hmm. young Grey Goose was like, could be a Vikings field goal kicker. <laughs> Wide right. Um, and then they started getting shots on goal and getting really good chances. And now yeah. they're getting great chances and they can't finish. So yeah. we're getting better. Yeah. Is that the way you're looking at it? That is the way I'm looking at it. And Audrey knew is getting a lot of the blame on Saturday for being unable to finish on some of the – and some of that is deserved. Because he had three shots on goal, he had five shots total, three shots on goal, and two were very clear chances where he should have had it. One in particular that comes to mind is the one where it's essentially a breakaway chance. He's alone with Tim Melia, and it just seems like if you look at it, everything is going through his mind, and he's just not confident, and we've talked about his confidence for a while. It just seems like it's lacking at this at this point in time, and it just seemed like he couldn't figure out which one, which path he wanted to take. He had a couple different ones, and he just took the one where it, the ball just shoots right at Tim Mealy and he doesn't get it. But here's here's my point, and I talked to you about this a little bit before before we started the show. I didn't want to delve too much into it because I didn't want you to come up with no. other arguments here. I wanted I already this to be on, on the fly. Yeah, I mean, we <laughs> both think that. <laughs> we both think that. Adrian Inu getting a lot of the blame for the lack of goal scoring because he hasn't done it, what, in eight matches now, I think it is? Um, yeah, it's kind of but, his job. Yeah, it's his job for sure. <laughs> But hear me out. Hear me out here. I'm trying. Before, really hard, before when this streak started for him, it mm-hmm. was that he just wasn't finding the right areas on the pitch. He just the players yeah. weren't able to find him. He wasn't able to find the right areas to get a shot off, and he just wasn't finding open half spaces or whatever you want to call them in the opponent's box, and it just wasn't happening for him. Now he's making runs. His teammates are starting to find him, and he's starting to get shots off that are on target. And at this point, it seems like everything's starting to click there except the final part. And so that's this is why I'm optimistic about Saturday, despite the lack of goal scoring from him. He had three of the, I think, six shots on target for the Loons, if I remember. I think they had six shots on target of their 21, which they created 21 shots against. Yes, it was, it was a man up for 70 minutes, but still, Sporting Kansas City, one of the better defensive units in the league, still creating 21 shots, six on target. Audrey Nunu had three of them by himself, which is, I think, probably the most he's had in a very long time in one match for the Loons. This is why I'm optimistic about where he's headed now. It, despite the lack of goal scoring over the last eight matches, he's finally getting on target. He's finally getting in those spaces where he's going to challenge the opposing goalkeeper. And it has me optimistic that going up against Houston, we'll get to them in a second, that the goal scoring is about to come. My grandpa used to say, you can put earrings on a pig, but it's still a pig. <laughs> Calling Adrian Anu a pig because no, he doesn't no. look like the last metaphor. striker that we could Just call that. Metaphor. Um, that had the body shape of that. You know, it's it's funny because I've always been, <laughs> I've always been pretty optimistic in this stretch, but 
I mean, he's being outscored in the last eight yeah. by Brent Coleman. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, how true. many, what you, what you were just describing there was every striker we've ran through this. We're like the puppy mill for strikers here. Um, sort of. You, you've described every one of them. And where Could are they really... now? I can't even remember their names anymore. Could we really say Aud- Angelo Rodriguez was finding dangerous areas, though? He was going to score 25 goals. No, not him. How many that was score? Luis Amaria. Oh, that's it. Amaria was And Amaria got injured, so Amaria got injured, so that's, oh, man. that's part of it. But get up, Angelo fine. Rodriguez never really was able to have the speed to get into those dangerous areas. Audrey Nunu has the speed. He has the skills. He, it seems like he has the smarts to get into those areas where these other guys that they've had just didn't have the speed or the ability to get there. Like, you weren't going to say Kai Kamara had the speed at age 36 to get into those areas that Audrey Nunu is going to get into. Audrey Nunu, 25, 26, or whatever he is, I, he's got the speed. He's got the ability. His teammates are starting to figure out how he sees the game, and he's starting to figure out how they see the game, and that's starting to click, it looks like. Is he, is he, a, uh, is he a basket case? I mean, we t- you talk about how he seems more, he's not confident. Well, what do you mean you're not confident? You're playing professional soccer. Getting paid and, a lot of money to do it. And, and so, yeah, I mean, come on. I and, mean, and here's where I'm at. Here's where I'm at, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they've tried, they've tried, you know, they sat him a little bit. I think Adrian's tried, you know, putting his arm around him saying, you can do this, mate, you know, it's, you know, let's, let's, we're buddies, we're pal, you know. I think it's time to see how he reacts to sitting on the bench healthy. I do. Well, he did that on he the road trip, didn't he? He did that on the road trip. Was he healthy? Was he healthy? I think maybe he was. Uh, he wasn't one of the ones that was injured from all Here's I where remember. I'm at. Here's where I'm at. You know, you've got Robin Lode that can play there if you need him. Is Robin okay? Lode healthy? Well, I don't know. When he's yeah. healthy, he can. All right? Right, so yeah. I think, I think you tell, you tell uh, Anu that, you know, you're playing better, but you're still not scoring goals, and we can't have our number nine not score goals. So right. you run uh, – I don't care if it's uh, – what's what's the kid? Uh, Patrick. Patrick Patrick Way. Way. I don't care if you put Way in there to start the match. Throw some energy out there. You can replace him 20 minutes in if you want to <laughs> and put, put a new back in there. I don't care. But, but I think it's time to just start throwing anybody out there, whoever you can get. Um, it's too also bad part- that – it's too bad we didn't – too bad we didn't know this problem was as bad as it is before the transfer window. Yeah. Also, part of the reason why I'm optimistic is that he's had he's gotten better in my mind over the past what two games here, especially in the Sporting Kansas City game. And he didn't have Franco Fragapani, and he didn't have Robin Lode. He had Asani Dotson playing. Where the hell's Franco? Last I heard, he was training, so he probably is <sighs> healthy enough. I don't know, but. Look, you had Adrian Anu get three shots on goal. He was getting in dangerous areas. And you had Asani Dotson playing out of position on the left wing, a, a position we've seen him play a couple times this season. And he hasn't really impressed there that much in that position like he has in the midfield. And then you had Ethan Finley, who isn't your number one starter alongside uh, Emmanuel Reynoso and Adrian Anu. You would think if you had everybody healthy, it's Franco Fragapani on the left, Robin Lode on the right, and Adrian Anu up top. When those two guys get back, which should be any day now at this point, from according everything mm-hmm. that we're hearing, hopefully, they will draw other defenders out 
there'll be more room for Audrey Nunu to find those spaces that he started to find in these defenses, and hopefully he'll start converting on some of those chances. This is why I'm optimistic about Audrey Nunu is because he's starting, his teammates are starting to find him, and he's starting to find where they want to put the ball. All right, so so you're you're you think that Adrian is Robin Lud, part two. It just needs some yeah. time, needs to get comfortable, yeah. and then he's going to be a great player for this team. All right, absolutely. And I'm thinking he's more Ramon Abela. <laughs> I mean, he's not going down to Miami partying in the break. Come on. <laughs> All right, he's at least he's staying home and training. He's somewhere in between. Not going out to New York randomly. Come I on, he's staying home training. I, I seriously hope you're right. I just. I think you know, every Loons fan hopes I'm right. I hope I'm, I hope I'm right. You know, and I'm not trying to make it sound easy. Um, right. Because when I played soccer in, in high school, I, I, believe it or not, had decent speed for a big guy. So I, I played a little bit on the wing. But you have one job, and you've practiced right. since you were five years old finishing, right? I yeah. mean, every practice, the guys that play forward, the guys that play striker, practice finishing right every single practice okay then he's got to do it i can't wait to write this down because i think you're going to make some big bold predictions i can't wait Nah, i've i've kept it tame this week i'm i'm not building it up i've kept it tame this week i need goals a hat trick against houston i don't need them that bad anymore but i need goals at this point so (laughs) um another besides the offense obviously um Another stout defensive performance again. We got to see the return of Michael Boxel finally yep. for the first time in a month and a half. Um, only problem is now against Houston, they'll be out, be without Bakai Debassi because of yellow, yellow card accumulation. So yeah. in comes one defender, out goes the other. So Brent Coleman's back in the lineup, I would imagine, on Saturday against Houston. But it was another stout defensive performance, granted against with a man advantage for 70 minutes, but still they held up pretty well despite um, Sporting Kansas City's handful of chances. Yeah, I mean, they didn't miss a beat changing uh, changing the position, and we didn't think they would. Um, and so now you've got, uh, you know, Tabasi out and Coleman back in, and I, I, I would guess they don't miss a beat much. Now, Coleman's a little different player. Um, I would say he's more similar to Michael Boxel in the way he plays than he is to Bakay Tabasi. But, <laughs> you know, uh, so that, that will be a difference. I mean, I guess I would be more concerned about Coleman in for Tabasi than – than, you know, Coleman in for, for Boxel right. just because of the way they play and the, the size and, um, you know, just the type of athlete that they are. So yeah. uh, I still don't think that's a big concern because, um, you know, defensively they're all pretty smart and they've had all week uh, for Coleman to play to the, you know, to Boxel's left and get used to the, uh, the positioning and holding their shape. So I, I can't imagine that being the storyline after Saturday. Yeah. Well, continuing on our conversation, Saturday coming up against Saturday, Houston Saturday, at Houston, eight twenty-eight. They're terrible. Um, They're terrible. See. We yeah, couldn't Houston, possibly lose Houston to Houston. Houston are awful. I mean, we've we already played them once this season. Two-nil win at Allianz Field. Uh, seven p.m. pre-match show. Seven thirty p.m. kickoff on Score North on AM fifteen hundred, the Score North mobile app, and live.scorenorth.com with Dan Terrar and myself on. The broadcast for that one. Never won in Houston, though. Surprisingly, have Minnesota. Why? Why? I, it's it it is always a basket case down there. It just the weirdest things always seem to happen. 
randomly Darwin Quintero, despite not playing a whole lot, will just bag a brace out of nowhere for some reason. Ariel Lasseter will have a hat trick of assists. It just it never makes sense what happens down in Houston. Um, but yeah, as I mentioned already, or they already beat Houston two 0 earlier this season. Though they were without Maxi Arudi, no Darwin Quintero last time. Although Quintero hasn't really featured much for Houston this year, though. Um, Houston what? in the midst of a fourteen. Surprising, right? Yeah, I know. You need, you're a team that needs. You're a team that's at the bottom of the Western Conference, and you need team play. And Darwin Quintero's not playing. I wonder that's why. why he's not here. Is because <laughs> Adrian Heath has some standards as far as team play. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Houston are in the midst of a 14 match winless run, tied for fifth worst defense in the league, and tied for fifth worst attack in the league. I already mentioned Nobakai Debasi, and according to Andy Greeter of the Pioneer Press, Emmanuel Reynoso out of the All Star game. Tomorrow, that's taking place tomorrow out in Los Angeles. It means because of MLS rules, he they'll probably, if, if I'm remembering the rules correctly, they'll be without uh, Emmanuel Reynoso against Houston because according to MLS rules, if you're selected the All-Star game and you don't play and you're healthy for your next team's game, you can't play it because MLS is going to MLS, I guess. Well, you know, I don't have a problem with that rule because there's too many professional sports leagues in this country where nobody wants to be involved in the all-star game. And they all don't have the all-star game. Exactly. And um, so, you know what, if you're going to have it, then expect players to be there. I think that's, uh, I think that's, that's important. And and what it sounds like to me is he was pretty uh, uh, beat up, dinged up. What is, what does Adrian say? Had some niggles. Yeah. Absolutely, after the Sporting Kansas City match. I mean, he had his yeah. hand stomped on. He had he had Remy Voltaire basically take his cleat into his groin area, yep. and he was basically hard-tackled a bunch of times, and it caused a couple couple dust-ups in the game. But, yeah, I mean, he like took a beating. He going to be uh, needing a night off next Saturday anyway, and if that's the case, then if he didn't want to go to the All-Star game. Now, some players would say, no, I want to go. It's an honor. Right. I want to be there. And some players would go, you know what, I need to rest up. So sounds like maybe he would have been uh, on the bench to start the match anyway on Saturday anyhow. And hopefully you don't need him down in Houston. So It means we won't see Emmanuel Reynoso until the 18th because after today, or after the game on Saturday, there's the international break and Minnesota mm-hmm. won't have another game until uh, the 18th, I believe, if I'm remembering mm-hmm. the schedule correctly, which is quite a break for everybody considering the congested yeah. schedule we've just had. Yeah, and then they start up again. Then there's another international break in November and playoffs in October, start in yeah. January this year. And then they'll play the cha- <laughs> It's It is a long it season. Feels that way. It Absolutely. is a long season. Yeah. We'll make the show quick today uh, as we're progressing through it quickly. Um, just late night recording for us, scheduling issues. So we're going to go through this quickly. Um, San Jose, we're looking across the league now. Um, remember, you're listening to Loon Talk. Anywhere you find your podcast, give us a rating, review, and a subscription. It does help us get found. Um, San Jose continue, uh, continue their nice run of form, getting a 2-0, or 2-1 win in the Cali Clasco at LA Galaxy. Ten matches now unbeaten for San Jose, who had tumbled all the way down to the bottom of the Western Conference. They're now in the playoff spots uh, Jeremy Ibobisi scores his first goal for San Jose in a wild game in Los Angeles on Friday night. Not have expect that's not if I were a betting man, I would have lost money on that one. I just <laughs> thought I, I thought that I just didn't think they had any goals in them at all. So we'll I get to that and uh, write that down. Okay, all right. I you know maybe yeah. this is the year of maybe this is the year that the team with the best defense wins it all. What do you think? Well, I mean, 
usually. I mean, I'm saying San, we got a Usually shot Seattle then. has a pretty good defense. Yeah. And they usually right. win it. So, yeah. Um, speaking of Seattle, they get revenge for the MLS Cup beatdown at the hands of Columbus last December um, with two goals in two minutes at the very end of the match to steal three points from Columbus. What has happened what to Columbus? What Defending the hell was champions. That? Defending champs are out of the Eastern Conference playoff spots, the and they're now six losses in a row. This is incredible I thought, that I thought the Columbus defending was champs gonna, are just I awful thought, now. I thought Columbus was going to spank them. Everybody thought Columbus was just going to roll this season because not only did they win the MLS Cup with a really good team, they brought everybody back, and then they added more really good pieces. They added Kevin Molino. They they added a uh, uh, I can't remember his name right now, but they added another attacking talent, and it's just. Everybody hmm. thought they'd roll, and they've just really struggled yeah. this year. Yeah, and Seattle. Bradley you know, Wright Phillips, that's who they added. Yeah, Seattle's and Seattle's stumble turned out to be pretty brief. So yeah, now they're back on top of the West and rolling again. Atlanta United get themselves a 2-1 win over D.C. United. Four-match winning streak for Atlanta, who now sit just outside of the Eastern Conference playoff spots on goal differential. Nice run for them. Uh, surprising run here. My Inter-Miami have now won four of their last six with their 3-1 win over Toronto at the weekend. All of a sudden, Inter-Miami can't stop scoring and can't stop winning, despite being one of the worst teams in the league for a long time this season. Yeah, is that because Miami's so good or Toronto's just bad? Uh, Toronto's terrible. They're at the yeah. bottom of the league. They're yeah. probably going to win the wooden spoon this year for the worst team in the league. But Inter Miami, I don't know what they're doing, uh, other than you know cheating on their roster build. Um, but they're they're finding something, and Phil Neville's finding some way to get that roster working. So good job to them. Austin FC only needed 30 minutes. I don't know if you saw this one, Dan. Austin FC only needed 30 minutes to score all the goals they would need in their three-one win over Portland. Austin now climbs just outside of the worst spot in the West. That belongs to Houston. Portland have the worst defense in the West and second worst in the league. I believe it's 39 goals they've allowed this season for a team that's still battling for a playoff spot in the Western Conference. Yeah, how about that problem? You know, you, you, we have a problem. We can't score goals. They can't stop anybody, but they Absolutely. can score goals. So what that makes for is some pretty exciting matches. But <laughs> at the end of the day, that lack of uh, lack of defense is, I think, going to be their downfall. Absolutely. LAFC continue to struggle this week with a surprising loss to Vancouver. Vancouver unbeaten in eight somehow. Mm -hmm. Four-match losing streak for LAFC. Seven-match winless run for them. Colorado, I know you've been down on them all year. They climbed to third in the Western Conference with their 2-1 win, win over Real Salt Lake. So some surprising results in the Western Conference already. Colorado is just, to me, is, I, you don't I understand it? No, I don't. I just don't. Maybe I'm Robin Frazier's a Robin Frazier, the head coach, is a really good head coach. He okay. he was passed over as an assistant for far too long, and he's showing exactly why he deserves a head. He deserved a head coaching role, and Colorado right. is benefiting because they they made the hire that a bunch of teams across the league should have made a long time ago. And I, um, I don't have I don't have a better reason why Colorado's in third place right now. So I'm going to go with that then because I can't think of any other reason. I mean, they don't have a real good goal scorer. I mean, that's a position they're lacking right now is a true dangerous number nine, and but they still keep winning. So it all comes down to defense and midfield yeah. for them, and they've got I plenty guess. of talent there. Um, All-Star game, as we mentioned, comes up tomorrow, if you're listening to this tonight, uh, Wednesday night. 
if you're listening to it later on. MLS All-Stars taking on Liga MX All-Stars. No Carlos Vela or Chicharito playing in the MLS playing for the MLS against Liga MX because of injuries. So because of MLS rules, they will miss the LA Derby coming up this weekend. So good job, MLS, hamstringing your, <laughs> hamstringing your biggest game at the weekend with so, making your two biggest stars and the two biggest teams and the biggest rivalry sit out because of dumb rules for the MLS All-Star game. So the, ML, the MLS All-Star game is quickly becoming as, uh, as relevant as every other professional sport in this country. Yeah. I've never – well – it's okay. I mean, they keep they change the formats every every four or five years. For a while, it was ML it was East versus West, and then they brought in it was just MLS versus some random European team, a big European team usually. And now it's MLS All Stars versus Liga MX All Stars, and I get trying, that one because they want to combine the, the leagues ticket. essentially. Yeah, they're trying to find the golden ticket, something that'll get people excited that they can do either every year or regularly. But at the end of the day, you know. Any sport that has injuries, which is every sport, you can't play the game the same yeah. way because nobody wants to get hurt in an all-star game and miss even one match or, or the rest of the season. And, I mean, the only sport that the all-star game is somewhat normal is baseball because they can still pitch. They can still pitch. They can still hit. You know, they, they still can yeah. field the ball. You know, that's about the only one that I think – you can look and say, you know what? They're they're playing like it's important to them because they can. Because no my one's going to get hurt. My only problem with all star games, and I get it, you want to you want to represent them from every team, so you have that market's interest. But mm-hmm. it's just naming like MLS naming twenty eight players to the MLS roster for eleven <laughs> for play, eleven spots to one play. Squad. So you have yeah. to have so many substitutions. It just bogs down the game. There's no flow yeah. to it. Just sloppy. Just never works. Like baseball, they can do it because you can just have the mid inning. You can have the substitutions in between innings, and it just like you won't notice it barely. Yeah. But it's just there's too many players named to these rosters. It just makes it hard to watch because the game's just not fluid enough. Just bite the bullet and let let there only be named what 18 players to the roster. Name your best 18 players and just. Throw them out there. Who cares if some markets are left out? Just name the best 18 players for the half season and let them have at it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you want to make it relevant. Really, make it a good yeah. game. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, the, it's the age-old question for every sport. What do you do with the All-Star game? And they've tried so many things. So, yeah, I don't know. How about just get together and have a great big shootout? I mean, they're having the skills challenge, which is really fun to watch. Do we really need yeah. to have a game if we can just have a skills challenge and just ha- just make a fun night of it? We're seeing that in in other sports where the you know skills challenge in uh, in hockey is popular. The home yep. run derby the night before in baseball is widely po- popular. Um, yep. They they still do the slam dunk competition the night before in the NBA. Yeah, but my problem with this is they never have the biggest stars. They have these guys who are really good at dunking come in, but they never have like the right. biggest stars come in and dunk like they used to have. So yeah. I know so, it's still anyway. wildly popular. Yeah, I don't think we're going to come to a, any kind of a conclusion on what to do tonight. So <laughs> let's get to write that down, why don't we? Write that down. All right, uh, write that down. If you haven't noticed or haven't known before, is our weekly prediction segment. We each make three soccer-related predictions, at least one Minnesota United-related prediction in the bunch. We'll keep track of the correct predictions throughout the year. We'll call them goals, and the most goals at the end of the year wins the Golden Boot. Time for a little accountability session, Dan. And this one is where I start to catch up and make some ground here. Oh man. 
We got a couple corrections coming off the board. I said uh, Minnesota will win at least three of their matches in August. Well, they can't really do that. They can only win at Mm. max two if they win win against Houston. I said Minnesota will score at least two goals in at least three games in August. Not going (laughs) to happen. That's my favorite one. You like the at least two goals in at least three games? (laughs) We've lowered the bar so much. (laughs) I need goals. I did say Minnesota will record at least one clean sheet in their next two matches, hedging a little bit on one of my other predictions. They got the clean sheet on Saturday, so correct prediction there for me. But they've been getting clean sheets every week, so I think that was kind of a gimme. And they can still get another one for me later or this weekend and get me another point. Um, You had two come off the board. You said Sonny Dotson will score against Sporting Kansas City. No one scored. You know what? He came. I thought he had a good night. He had a good good match, but yeah. I was just looking for some magic, looking for anything. And then going back to our LA Galaxy San Jose talk, you said LA Galaxy will record a clean sheet against San Jose on Friday. Well, not going to happen. And then this one was tweeted out to me before the match on on Saturday. Sim Game Chain, uh, one of our loyal listeners who's tweeted in a couple predictions, who corrected a prediction that he had earlier on. Um, we'll get to that in a second. He had a three. He had a three-part parlay here. He said DJ Taylor scores a goal for Minnesota United against Sporting Kansas City. DJ Taylor mm-hmm. didn't play, so that one already ruined mm-hmm. the whole thing. He did say Liverpool will punish Burnley and will finish the weekend higher than Min- or Manchester United in the table. Um, hashtag you never walk alone. Well, Liverpool won and Manchester United drew, and Liverpool finished above mm-hmm. Manchester United in the table. So he got that one, that part of it correct, well, but the rest of it doesn't count. Point for that? No, it's a three-part parlay. They all have to come true. Why didn't he just make three separate picks? Because he wanted to go bold. Oh, man. And then he lastly said Real Madrid will levitate above Levante 3-2, but will fall to second in the table. Well, it was a 3-3 draw against Levante, so he didn't get that one right. He did correct us on the one we talked about a couple weeks ago where we were questioning whether it should have been given to him or not because he said something about the highest goal score or highest goal differential. He said his... The the true meaning of the prediction was that he they would win by three goals instead of two, tying their previous mm-hmm. uh, biggest goal differential. So he wanted that okay. one taken off the board. So he's calling his own shot there and saying, yeah, take it honest. off the board. So not a shame. I took it off the board. So right. listeners down back down to zero correct predictions. I uh, or you have thirteen goals. I'm catching up on you with ten goals on the season. The guests still have two goals on the season. We need more guests to get more goals. So. Maybe we're keeping them off here on purpose so we can rack up our goal total. You want to get to our predictions for this week? Let's do it. Let's do it. Whose turn is it to go first? Uh, I think it's mine. Go ahead. So I'll go first here. All right, my first one, going off our Audrey Nunu talk from earlier, Audrey Nunu will score at least one goal against Houston. I'm thinking he finally gets on the goal scoring sheet. Like I said, I'm not going big. I'm going to put at least one in there. Because if I say one goal, then if he scores two, then the prediction's wrong. Okay. So if he scores pretty, one goal, I'm then I'm right. If he scores, <laughs> hope he doesn't score too many. Hey, he might get a hat trick, but I ain't predicting it. I'm he not going to do that like I did earlier he in the might, season. He might, but then again, he might not. I'm leaving it open in case he does. Okay. Write that down. Right. Audrey Nunu will break his duck and get the goal that he so desperately needs after eight matches without one. I have been so optimistic. I mean, I have jumped on this whole band. I, I mean, I've tried to will them into scoring three goals in a match, and then two yeah. I would have been had. So here's mine. Minnesota at Houston Saturday, there will be two goals, a total of two goals scored in that match. A total of two goals? Right. Between down. both teams? 
Yes. Okay. That could be a 2-0 win for us, which would be very satisfying. Could be a 1-1 draw. Those are the only two results that would be even remotely (laughs) satisfying. I just can't. I I mean, part of me says it's Houston. They're terrible. We're going to score goals. But yeah. I'm, I'm so tired of I'm so tired of buying in on that and then feeling then I feel sadness and sorrow. <laughs> and I don't need that in my life. There's enough of that going around. Write that down. Write that down. A total of two goals in the yep. Minnesota Houston exactly match coming two. up. None of this at least two or oh, no more than two. Exactly I'm two. Pinpointing it. Two goals. Well, I feel good my predictions can still play. My next prediction can still play into that. Yeah. I say Minnesota, Minnesota will score more than one goal against Houston. So Adrian Anu will score one, and someone else, maybe an Adrian, maybe Adrian Anu scores two, or another person sure. scores one. Yeah, more Johnny. than one goal for Minnesota against Houston. Okay, well you're Write really trying. You're really trying to pile up points. I can see a little. I mean, I've got. I've still got eleven predictions still on the board. You've got six. So mm-hmm. I still have plenty that can come off the board, and some of them are looking like they're dangerously I'm, close to happening. I'm so. starting to bank a few for later. My number two is Saturday, New England taking on New York City. Mm-hmm. Gustavo Bo will score a goal for New England. Write that down. Score a goal for New England. You remember I uh, picked him earlier. Yeah, for I, the golden boot. Golden boot. So I got to stay in his corner. He's going to score. Okay, fair enough. I like it. Dangerous dangerous attacker. New England's on fire. Top mm-hmm. of the league right now. All yep. right, write that down. Gustavo Bowe will score a goal for New England this weekend. Uh, my final one for the year, or for the day, for this podcast anyway, is LAFC. They are out of the playoff spots in the Western Conference. They will stay that way. They will miss the playoffs what? this season. Write that down. What? This isn't part of the write that down, but if that happens, Bob Bradley is gone, and he'll mm. probably sign with, Signed to be the coach in Toronto for his son, who plays that. All right. Okay. Write that, that down. down. I like that one. LAFC will miss the playoffs this season. I am not okay. confident they can find a way to get things together there. They are struggling mightily lately. All right. My last one, also MLS-related, and the end of the season. I am now back on Seattle's side. I think they are the best team in the West. Um and when I look at who's right behind them, yeah, Sporting Kansas City is good, but you got San Jose in the playoff picture and Colorado. Um, and I think both those two teams are going to drop out. I really do. That's why I think. You LAFC think Colorado's going to drop out? What are they? How are they winning? I mean, they're they're plenty of points clear from dropping it's, out. They're going to go on a streak. They're going to lose about five straight. Okay. All right. That's a, that's Seattle. A will, but I, well, I might you get to write that, that one down. Later. No, no, I'm not writing that one down. I knew it would be in pencil. I'm I'm just talking big. Don't try to get me to write crap down that I'm just spouting off about. Come on. I do it all the time. Seattle win the West. And now that I know that their worst days are when they go two without a win, uh, when I thought they were going to crash and burn, they will win the West by five points. Whoa. Yep, they're going to pull pull away away here. Yeah, I don't know who will be second, but it won't be Colorado. Okay. Could be Sporting KC. Could be Minnesota because, as you heard here, Adrian Anu is going to start scoring goals. He's going to score a goal. Let's let's start off there. <laughs> let's just get one. How many, how many do you think he'll end up with at the end of the season? He's got I already, two now. I already have it on write that down that he'll score double digits, so he needs to score a lot more. <laughs> if he scores double digits, we will finish second in the West. 
I'm okay that with that. That means he's going to score. That means he's going to score at least at least eight goals in the rest of the way out. And I'd the be next very happy third, with that. Fourteen games, I believe. Yeah, yeah. If he scores Pretty eight time. goals, if he scores eight goals in the next, yeah, then I think we got a real good shot of climbing up the table. So three All right. of them coming up this weekend. Come on, Audrey Nunu. <laughs> oh man. I One can right, wish. Man. I hope you're right. right. He seems like you know what he seems like a likable guy. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think he I think he sincerely is is here for the right reasons. I don't think he came in here, you know, with with a big ego and and you know this is the old this is going to be easy because you yeah. know American soccer sucks and this is going to be so easy. I'm I can smoke a cigarette on the goals. field. I can smoke a cigarette while I'm playing. Maybe I, I can don't travel down to Miami in between I, games and just come I back and be fine. Sit up. Why would I do any sit ups? Uh, this is easy. <laughs> <laughs> can I have a dad bod and work this game out. Yeah, let's do this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, he's scoring bangers for DC United now. I don't get it, but whatever. <laughs> well, even the blind, even a blind squirrel finds a nut once in a while. <laughs> that's my second grandpa saying in, in one podcast. All right, that's enough of ragging on. Ramon Avila for now. It's so fun. <laughs> like, I don't know what Ibsen's up to, so I can't pick on him. Yeah, you can't. I don't know what he's up to either. But yeah, I, I, I like Audrey Nunu. I think, as you mentioned, I think he's here for the right reasons. And I, it seems like this... It, I like him, yeah. Despite not scoring in eight matches, it seems like it really is wearing on him that he really wants to do well for Adrian Heath, for this team, for the fans. So... That at least gives me confidence, especially after his performance on Saturday. Despite what many fans want to rag on him about and missing his chances, he's getting in those areas and he's getting dangerous shots. So it's giving me confidence that when the the rest of the team gets back around him, that those areas will still be there, that dangerous uh, ability will still be there, and he'll start banging in goals. So hopefully keep, it all happens. Keep so. selling it, brother. I hope you're right. Uh, Got to keep selling it because we want people to listen to us on the broadcast and on Loon Talk. Dan, good stuff this week. We will talk to you on Saturday for Minnesota United at Houston Dynamo on Score North, 7 p.m. pre-match, 7.30 p.m. kickoff. Dan, can't wait. That should be fun. Let's go Loons. Absolutely. We will talk to you listeners on Saturday and then next Monday here for Loon Talk. Talk to you then. Hi, this is Daniel Roof, the Real GM Radio Podcast. And while the NBA season is still pretty new, there are some interesting storylines going on. And for me, one of them is, let's call it a shift in expectations, because there are a couple teams that we expected to be not necessarily pushing the accelerator in the early going in the season, maybe seeing Victor Wembanyama and Scoot Henderson, this purportedly strong 2023 draft class, and going, hey, we could be a part of that. And that would be the Utah Jazz and the San Antonio Spurs. Both teams are over 500 with some nice wins. And this isn't fluke. They're playing well so far, and so we will see how they build on this, how they react to it. Do they keep pushing, see if see how it can keep going, or do they change directions through trades and everything else? So that'll be something to watch in this year where the draft class is, is strong and these teams have incentives going in both directions. Hi, this is Daniel LaRue from the Real GM Radio Podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, matchups, news, in-depth analysis, and live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. Can check in on your favorite games and events, including the baseball playoffs, start of the hockey season, MMA, boxing, and golf, plus sports podcasts. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more at BetOnline, where the game starts.